Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. We give so much credence to feeling. My best students will say, well, this doesn't feel intuitive. I'm like, were you accurate or inaccurate? Accurate. Then like, I don't care how you feel. Don't care how you feel about doing it. Care that you can do it. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, and I'm a crazy multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multimillionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business, not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business, and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you, and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. 
Welcome back to the show. Today's conversation was a fun one. I talked with my guest, Laura Day, all about intuition. She is a New York Times bestselling author, and she spent nearly four decades helping individuals, organizations, and companies harness and develop their innate intuitive abilities to create profound change. Newsweek magazine calls her the $10,000 a month psychic, adding, when business people need a crystal ball, they turn to consult with Laura Day. She is the intuitionist. They call her the independent, dubbed her the psychic of Wall Street. A-list Hollywood stars and Wall Street executives praise her ability to predict future events. You can see why this was a fun conversation, including the 2008 recession with astounding accuracy. Brad Pitt has said, I believe in the gut and I believe in Laura Day. Laura has worked with so many people demystifying intuition and bringing it into the mainstream. In her workshops and presentations, she demonstrates the practical, the verifiable, and sometimes the astonishing uses of intuition in the fields of business, science, medicine, and personal growth. She's trained thousands of people and companies to use their brains, perceptions, and sixth sense in effective ways to realize their goals. She's the best-selling author of six books. I've bought three of them, Practical Intuition, Practical Intuition and Love, Practical Intuition and Success. The Circle, Welcome to Your Crisis and How to Rule the World from Your Couch. So let's get started on this conversation. I loved it. I hope that you do too. Laura, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so thrilled to be here. Okay. You are one of those guests that I literally am like, oh, she needs to have like three different podcasts for all of the things that I want to talk about because I'm so into what you do. And I'm going to have you explain what that is because I really feel like there was a time in my life where I I knew that I had a lot of... I I, I knew that I was able to kind of like see or be connected to things or feel things or make decisions off of those feelings that I had that would typically turn out really well. But I also was fighting with this other world of maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I don't know these things. And now I love learning about how can apply those different feelings or emotions or unpack them and try to understand them. I'm even so excited for today that I'm going to be talking to you because I want to understand more. So remind me later to tell you the difference between feeling and intuition and why they're opposite ends of the spectrum. So I, uh, in the early eighties, when I was in my very early twenties, the universities, scientists, researchers were interested in what they called the extended capacities of the human mind, you know, ESP, extrasensory perception. And I was a test subject. So I really didn't come to psychic skills or intuition through mysticism. I came to it through not really knowing what it was, but knowing that my brain perceived what they were looking for and becoming a test subject and really going, uh, experiencing our ability to have our mind move in time and space, the flexibility of our mind, experiencing it in a way that my hits and misses were recorded. And why that's important is I think that people really confuse mysticism with intuition. Intuition gives you data. Yeah, it's in the future. Yeah, it's about someone else. Yeah, it's about something you couldn't see. Perhaps even, you know, about about an innovation that you hadn't even thought of, but it's verifiable. Whereas mysticism gives the out of, oh, there's free will. Hate when people say that to me. I want to smack them. Yeah, there's free will. You're not using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I started as a test subject. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't come from mysticism, I really didn't, the piece in me that could do the crystal ball stuff wasn't there. So one of the experiments against my contract, which said this was absolutely anonymous, was televised. And I had an instant following for something I didn't even have a name for. Mm. And so what happened, which was such a gift to me ultimately, was you know, drug research company would say, can you tell what's going to happen in these drug trials? And I'd say, well, I don't know, let me try. Or someone would say, can you view a remote location and find where we should do an archaeological dig? And I'd say, well, I don't know, but I'll try. So just through the demands of the public, 
I, I learned how to apply these extrasensory skills, these non-local perceptions, to a variety of different processes and fields. I, I really came to mysticism much later in my life, more in my, you know, 50s and I'm six, going to be 62 soon, a few mm. days. So I really came to mysticism through that in the sense that it pretties up mm. what we do already. And pretty is nice. I've written six books that are really, each book is a workshop. It's mm. how do you apply intuition to business? How do you apply intuition to setting and reaching a goal? How do you apply intuition to creating a relationship? How do you prove to yourself that you even have intuition and that it's not that you need better psych meds? Mm. So my career now is have worked for the same companies for 30 years. My job is I predict the future for these companies. Mm. But what I do that's kind of my love is I do a lot of workshops where I both read others because I no longer read civilians, so to speak, and where they learn to read each other. I do them a lot of lives on Instagram. I do them on Facebook. I do them to support various centers of food programs now during the pandemic mostly. And then I do a training a couple times a year where I train people to be just as crazy as I am. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and the one thing I want to add is I enjoy working for business, for science, because you're either right or wrong. And feeling is all about perspective. Whereas intuition, the way I train it and the way I was trained is about a right or wrong answer, period. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that brings me to that question. Did that just answer kind of the question, how you would tell somebody, um, you said, bring me back to feeling feelings with intuition and you feelings and intuition about, being opposite. Yes. About not trusting your feelings. Very smart move. Don't trust your feelings. Your feelings could be you had a bad dream. Your feelings could be yeah. that you need sugar. Your feelings could be that it's the wrong time of month. Your feelings could be a million things. They are not accurate. They're mm. accurate about how you're feeling, but they're not accurate about viewing your environment or mm. what's going to happen or even what's, what has happened. So they're really opposite ends of the spectrum. The best intuitive. So the people who get wonderful, verifiable data, whether it's about how somebody else at a distance is feeling, a remote location, about the future, someone else's past. Those people are usually people who are maybe a drop on the spectrum, great mathematicians, really good traders. You know, those people who have super refined intuition are actually people who compartmentalize emotion because of brain structure. Mm -hmm. Just or but everybody, and this is something that I do on Instagram and my soapbox, everybody has enough intuitive ability to accurately prepare for the future, to reformat the past with perspective, mm. to communicate non-locally, which is called telepathy, and to restructure their world to a degree from their couch. My last book that's a, a really a training manual is called How to Rule the World from Your Couch. And everybody has that, has that ability. And a lot of the beginners who watch my little YouTube video on how to do an Instagram reading and then do it, knock your socks off with their mm. accuracy. And it's also important to realize that that same porosity, that same ability that allows us to get that information can work against us mm. in feeling what other people feel, picking up, you know, unuseful and unpopular objectives of others as if they were our own. You know, it's very important to both train intuition to your goals mm. and untrain the unconscious spilling over of intuition into that area that tends to make us ill. When someone says to me, I'm an empath, I say, you need a therapist. We're not supposed to feel what other people are feeling. We're supposed to feel what we're feeling and know what other people are feeling, maybe even know how to help them, but we're supposed to feel what we're feeling. And that's hard. Oh my God. I think 
this is everyone's probably like, I need to read every one of these books. I definitely resonate with so many things that you just said. So I think my first question would go to, okay, so how do we do it? Like maybe it's, we're starting a business and we want to make sure it's the right business. And we felt like it was right, but we want to tell the difference between how we can tell between feelings and intuition. Is there actions that they typically take or how do we start to learn how well, you can't tell in the moment because I work with prediction. What I'm saying, I can't tell. It hasn't happened yet. Right. I, they don't fire me. So that's how I can tell. <laughs> and when I make a mistake, believe me, they let me know. But other than that, you can't tell. But there are ways to engage intuition. You have to, to use it successfully. And I'd love to go through a few of them. And this is all in the circle, which is actually my most esoterically written book because the publisher wanted something user-friendly, but it is a airtight process for engaging your intuitive skills and other skills to create a goal. First of all, one of the reasons there is no, there's often no right or wrong. So let's say you want to create a business. You need your definitions. What do you mean, right? Do you not need money and you just want it to be edifying for your soul? then great, that's your target. Do Mm. you want a business that you enjoy doing and also provides a certain level of income with a certain amount of certain hours of work? That's your goal. So it's all, and we can't Mm -hmm. always define our goal in detail. That's okay. Intuition and experience will help us define it once we have it, but define what is your goal and Mm. what does that mean? We're all used to using big paintbrush experiences like manifesting. Well, I don't want to manifest psoriasis. (laughs) Manifesting isn't good. What Mm. what you want, what you intend is. And a lot of the time, if you look back at your wrong decisions, they were your subconscious's way of preparing you in Mm. its own sloppy, messy way to get it right. So it's, you know, 2020 hindsight can be very confusing. So number one, set a goal and make it one goal. It's not that you give up on all your other goals, but the human machinery needs context. And so when you set a single target, then the rest of your life gets contextualized around it. And usually in retrospect, you can see why you picked that one specific goal as a front runner. So for example, one of my first really conscious goals in the circle was I wanted to be a full-time stay-at-home mother with my son, Mm. which was hard because my career was always on the road. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I'd been doing intuitive work, but I thought I had to travel for it. Once I set that goal, which seemed impossible, I had no means of support. I'd left my husband when I was pregnant and I had a brand new baby and couldn't sit down without pain yet. Mm -hmm. And so how was I going to do that goal? Well, all I did was I set the target. I want to be a full stay-at-home mother with my son. I didn't believe in myself. I let all, you know, you need your brain interference is information. No, you can't do it. You're not even college educated. You just have this weird skill, blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing my own intuitive process on myself in a place called play space while my son crawls around and eats this, the indoor sand they have. <laughs> and a woman whose son is also ingesting sand sits at my table and sips her juice box. You know, we pack snacks for the kids, but it's really for us. You're right. (laughs) So, and I'm writing these pages and we just strike up a conversation. She says, what are you writing? And I said, well, I'm really kind of in a pickle right now. And I'm using my own methodology to try to get myself out of it. You know, this is what I've used with companies. I'm trying to see if it'll work for me. And she Mm. says, well, uh, let me see your pages. And I'm like, no, it's really embarrassing and they're messy. And I'm everyone in my family is a doctor. I write like a doctor. So every piece of resistance. Finally, I showed her my pages and she said, this is a book. And I said, it's not a book. She said, I'm a book agent. This is a book. A few weeks later, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> a book was sold called Practical Intuition, which became a New York Times bestseller Wow! and made me more than enough money to both pay for my divorce put my son in private nursery school, buy back my apartment and start my life without having to travel. Mm -hmm. So that's really the way intuition works. You set a target, a goal, and then you allow yourself 
to perceive what, you know, all your perceptions. People think intuitive information is like an angel drops it down and it has fairy dust. No, intuitive information, you literally, once you set a goal, you bump into, but what you have to do is document it. Mm. And I was very lucky in that in research, you document everything because you need to see hits and misses. If you don't write down your goal, if you don't write down or record your information, and if you don't review it, it's not going to be useful to you. Mm -hmm. So what happens once you set a goal is intellect, intuition, memory, all of those things begin to engage and you engage without even being consciously aware of it in your life and goals in a different way. One thing that will come up, however, is, and you're talking about starting a new business or is this the right, what will come up is things are not usually right or wrong. Things usually are, you know, 80, 20, Hmm. uh, you know, 70, 30, right here, not so right here. And so there's a negotiation. It's an intelligent process. There's a negotiation process that that goes on between you and your goals. In the circle, we call it coherence. Here's Hmm. my goal, but how do I make it work with everything else? And how do I decide, is it worth it? You know, is it worth it to stay in this crap relationship? Well, let me do a pro and con list. And maybe it is. So when you, what happens is your life begins to come together and your intuition as you use it gives you more and more detail. You document it. And what happens is you begin to notice that you documented detail that hadn't happened yet. And you begin to draw yourself a timeline. And it's a very important thing to have a constantly renewing map of where you're going because you'll get more information, your target will evolve. So let's say you want to do a clothing store Mm -hmm. and that's your goal. And you want a clothing store that you can close on the weekends and still makes enough money to Mm. support your lifestyle. That's your goal. And as the goal evolves, you realize that even though initially you wanted to do small sizes, most people in your area, you just begin to notice most people in your area can't find great clothes for real bodies. So, and then you think real bodies, what an amazing name for a store. Mm. And, And then all of a sudden you notice what the women who look good with real bodies wear. And not so you had your target, you have your target market, and you realize that these women, women with real bodies, they actually have work hours where they do their shopping in the afternoons mm-hmm. at, or lunchtime during work. And you see, oh, wow, I can actually, and, and they're not at high-end malls. They're at malls you can afford. Mm. And blah, 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 blah. And and you begin to find verifiable data that you can get numbers on to say, wow, I'm going to stop talking about this idea because it's so good. Someone else will (laughs) steal it. Then what happens is the synchronicities begin because as you're placing yourself where you will be in the future, but in the present, you will begin to meet with the people, the organizations, the backers that will make that happen. Some of them you'll just begin to notice intuitively. And literally some of them, while you're walking to the store, you'll bump, literally bump into, like I did, that wonderful book agent that changed my life as our children mm-hmm. were eating sand. It's a very alchemic process. And it's one that really proves what science is now showing us, which is we live in a deeply interconnected world. We don't know how the, all the machinery works, but we know how to work it. And that's what my books are about. And that's what my teaching is about. Yeah, you know, we may not know why when you do X, Y happens, Mm -hmm. but we know how to do it. The Mm -hmm. why, let's leave it for the philosophers or us when we're in that bored period in our lives where we don't need to work anymore. We don't need to put kids through school. We don't need to, you know, where we can just look at our navel. But until then... You know, or or if you're a PhD in philosophy and you have a tenured position, maybe you do it there. Then mm-hmm. then it's a good target. But mm-hmm. until then, let's just make the machinery work because life is so hard. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't give each other enough credit. But there is an engineering aspect to it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a deep understanding. It's how does your machine work? How does the machine of the world work? With a specific goal, what parts of your machine have to adapt? And where is your market? What parts of the world do you need to approach? And then all of a sudden, you have a new machine. Mm-hmm. And that new machine, you know the rules and you can make anything work. People sold pet rocks at a profit in the 70s. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. You have said so many amazing things that I'm actually living right now. So it's so cool to hear it. And I, one of my questions was going to be, why do you think that that happens? Like, I do understand now I've understood this and done the things for enough years to know if I start opening that up and setting those goals and setting those targets that, and I know we're actually going to talk about magic, but it feels almost like magically they come, even though I set those targets, it's like they always, the right people always end up on the path. So tell me. You used used an expression that I want to stop you with because it is the downside of intuition. Okay. The same organic porosity that allows us to feel what someone's feeling, see the future, go to a remote location and define it. That same porosity also can really be pathology, can really harm us. So one of the things that you wanna do as you're allowing your senses, because that's how we get intuitive information through our five senses and sometimes through imagery that looks like history, you know, that that kind of is a a gestalt meaning. But that same ability also allows you to have telepathic conversations that are draining, Mm. to, to take up other people's goals. I mean, it allows you to be, in a sense, influenced and over influenced by energy that is non-local, that you can't say in front of you, oh, I'm depressed because my husband's depressed. Mm -hmm. No, I'm depressed because my best friend who I haven't heard from oddly in three months, who lives 2000 miles away is depressed because when I go into this depression, it doesn't feel like mine, even though I am depressed. It feels like hers. Let me pick up the phone. I pick up the phone. She bursts into tears. Oh, I've been so depressed. Mm. So you have, you know, one of the things that I work on, um, and I especially work on it with companies because a company is a family. A family is a family, but a company is a family. And there's a lot of porosity. And when something happens and everybody reacts the same because of information, if people can separate out into themselves, all of a sudden you have a working unit again. Mm. There's that, I call it the urge to merge. There's the urge to merge. So you have to be really careful. Notice the conversations in your head. Pretend you're really having them because it's not pretend. Actually, research shows you are really having them and there's a way to prove that. But it would take all our time to go into that right now. (laughs) Um, You know, choose your conversations carefully. And by the way, those you have in an obsessive way, it, you may have to redirect a hundred times a day to a conversation that's positive. Mm. That's a an example of telepathy. If you're always in the future, I'll tell you what the problem is. You have no energy to do anything in the present. Mm. Being able to predict is excellent, but you need to take your action in the now. So, so it's really important how, how you use your attention. And one of the things that's, I think, kind of alchemic about beginning to be aware of intuition because you're intuitive all the time. You're just using it in messy ways that don't help you. Mm. But one of the things that's alchemic is all of a sudden you realize that you accurately describe the meeting that you were so worried about and the room and the people and what would happen two days ago. All of a sudden you notice that when your best friend worries, it's better to pick up the phone so you can hash it out so you can get back to yourself. All of a sudden you notice how you're intuitive all of the time, you verify it because proving or disproving your data is a very important part of it. And it becomes useful and accessible to mm. you in a positive way. So that's really important. You know, people over give these mergy things so much, they exalt them, you know, oh, I feel what other people feel. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. What you want to do is have enough perspective to have impact on yourself, impact on others, impact on your world, impact on your community, impact on politics, et cetera, et cetera. That impact takes perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest things in intuition. 
So I have an, an interesting question that's coming up for me around that. So let's say you are either, you know, there was a time in my life when I had to go to uh, events all the time for, for business, or you sometimes have to go see family that maybe is really draining. It, sometimes what it can feel like is if I didn't feel all these things and think all these things, but when I would try to cut that energy off, especially with family, it would almost feel like I wasn't caring. Like, I know that this person over there is always miserable. Like that part of me would always want to go try no, to you were fix caring. it. Or... You were caring about you. Okay. Your, your job is to take care of yourself first. Now, family events, you know, listen, families trigger us like nobody else, yeah. but setting a goal, per- they, there are studies on purpose and purpose makes even physical pain less. So mm-hmm. pay, the same level of pain, the same decibel of pain that has no purpose, you can tolerate. I cannot tolerate the pain of a vaccine, mm. but Botox, no problem for me. <laughs> really, yeah. doesn't hurt a bit. It's probably a higher decibel of pain than, the, than an inoculation, which I don't quite understand as much, but God, and I'm so grateful for, thank heavens. <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, one of my hints, for example, and I always say this on Instagram before holidays is you're going into the rat's nest. You love them, but you know, there's a lot of triggers there. Go in there to be triggered and respond differently. Mm. Go in there to heal those triggers in you so that when you leave after Thanksgiving, you don't have those same triggers in the rest of your life. Mm. As you do, if you're triggered in family who are so good at it and such good learning Petri dishes yes. that you're triggered elsewhere. And you, and you gave another example of something. So give that purpose. And that's what you would circle methodology. Mm. That's what you do. Because in a way also, you can your past without lying about events you can recontextualize it in a way that's powerful for you now. Mm. So I have two siblings who suicided. Mm. Both of them saw themselves profoundly as having been victimized. I, ha- I intuition in a sense, because in a way, what the same terrible experiences that happened to all of us gave me was my ability to see was this ability that allows me to make a living on my couch in my pajamas or in a Mickey Mouse t-shirt and make a really good living doing it. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that so much that recontextualizing, yeah, this should not have been my childhood. And yet this trained me for everything I love today. Mm. We need to, without lying to ourselves, I would say, oh, this was a great childhood. No, oh my God, incredible, I survived it. But, and my siblings didn't, but wow, look at what this gave me. And we are in a constant process of using both intuition and understanding and maturity to recontextualize what happened not to make it okay, but to make the story serve you now. Mm. But the now is important. You know, we live always in four time zones. We're always in the future. We're always in the past. Mm-hmm. We're always in the non-local. So when you become aware of intuition, you'll realize you remote view all the time. You have telepathy all the time. You have mediumship all the time. It's happening all the time. We live in the non-local. We live in the past, which influences our moment, which we have to cons- constantly recontextualize. We live in the future, but often we live in the future with a lot of fear, but without doing something about it in the only place you have any impact, which is the present. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so in a sense, everything starts with mindfulness and mindfulness is hard because mindfulness may be, gee, everything I want, I don't have now. I don't see any way I'm going to have anything I want. I'm in a horrible degree of pain. I have all these things I need to deal with. It is so overwhelming. Often mindfulness being in the present is that. The wonderful thing about intuition and the wonderful thing about the circle is that what you also realize is this moment only matters as the ground to change the next moment. And you can do that. You know, one of the things I hate about the more ooey gooey part of my profession is someone goes to a psychic 
to tell them well what will happen and then they freak out well no if someone tells me something i don't want and there's reason to believe based on experience that they are accurate my next question is what do i need to do now to change it because you are mm. creating your life now and we often magicalize things so i'll have a lot of readers who will and i answer all of my own email because mm. a lot of my readers really email me very personal things that they should not put in an email. Right, right. Um, readers will say, every time I think of this man, I see a heads up penny. That must be a sign. I'm like, and the rest of your life, the fact you don't know this person, you're married to someone else, they live thousands of miles away, you have no way of getting in contact with them, that's not a sign? Like mm. just the penny is the sign? Your entire life is a sign. So mm. back to we're starting a business, I want to start a business. The minute I want to start a business, I'm overdrawn at my bank. I take that as a sign that I can't. That's not a sign. The mm. fact that you have an idea, the fact that you're beginning to see a market for it, the fact that it's something you love and want to do, the fact that when you were seven years old, you actually made a plan to do this, uh, the fact that you have a friend who might be willing to help, those are also signs. Yeah. You know, we can't, that we can't so cherry good. pick yeah. our signs. Everything mm -hmm. is a sign. And everyone wants to know what's going on inside of them. If you look at what's around you, the life you've created, that's what's going on inside of you. Mm. It's not your fault. You know, 95% of everything we do is done below the conscious awareness, which is why the more you make conscious, the more you have mastery, not too fast or you flood yourself and fall apart, but, you know, piece by piece. But so much goes on because we're programmed that way. And a lot of what the circle does is it doesn't say, okay, this is your deep change. It's saying, no, you want A, we're only going to change the things that you need to have A. And in streamlining that process, you find you get A very quickly, very easy to achieve. And all those deep interchanges you needed to make to get A, they happen. They happen because they have to. Someone says, how do you deal with fear of public speaking? Go out in public and speak. Yes. You know, yeah. we give so much credence to feeling. You know, uh, my students, some of my best students will say, well, this doesn't feel intuitive. I'm like, were you accurate or inaccurate? Accurate. Then like, I don't care how you feel. Don't care how you feel about doing it. Care that you can do it. No matter what size business you have, there is stress about recruiting and hiring. So if it's pushing you from warrior one into fetal position, take a deep breath and get a quality list of candidates with Indeed Instant Match. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed's Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match immediately delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. You can even invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search alone. Plus, the instant match Indeed data shows 90% of employers get quality candidates from Indeed's resume database as soon as they sponsor a job post, according to Indeed data. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash happy. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash happy. Indeed.com slash happy. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, I love this because um, I even remember back to like three to five years ago when a lot of people were really, it was starting to be a little more mainstream to talk about like manifesting and alignment and what does that look like and feel like. And I remember like thinking, okay, all of the things that have made my life better 
and that have made me ultimately happier did not feel good in the beginning. One of them being public speaking, like I would rather jump out of an airplane without a parachute on. Like that's how that felt to me. So, you know, it, I had some friends who were like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's an alignment because it just doesn't feel good. And I'm, I'm like, there's so many things that don't feel good initially that are the right? exact right things that you need to do. How do you feel kind of, is it the same thing when we're talking about like manifesting in, in alignment? Like, oh, I'm not well, sure if I should do that thing. All alignment means yeah. is that you're not working against yourself. Okay. And, and in the circle, we call it coherence. So, you know, if your home life is working against your work life, you mm-hmm. need to use intellect, intuition, negotiation, therapy, whatever, uh, you know, a pistol, whatever, to find agreement. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's we use, part of the problem I have with words like manifesting and alignment is that they begin to mean nothing. The mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, if you're building a building and you leave out a brick, that's a weak point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're doing three things at once, studies show actually the brain does not multitask. Mm. Do one, then do two, then do three. Yep. And then maybe go back to one, then do two, then do three. Work effectively, allow conflict to come up to be resolved. We're also afraid of conflict. Yeah. You know, it's not something new doesn't feel good. And manifestation is only getting what you want. That's what manifestation is. And there's a way to get what you want. You need to work with yourself. You need to work with the world. And you have to realize that creativity has its limits because creativity can only reorganize what you've already been exposed to. Hmm. And here is where intuition comes in as a superpower. Intuition can go beyond what you've been exposed to it's not rearranging old pieces. It's bringing, it's exposing you to something new and then applying it to your goals. Mm. So it's, it's a really important thing to realize. I, I love creativity. I am not personally a very creative person, unfortunately, but I love creativity and I admire it in people. But creativity is taking what's in the subconscious, in the conscious, in your environment and rearranging the pieces to make them more powerful or adaptive. Whereas intuition is setting a target and then simply noticing what comes in Mm. from the outside, not from the inside, what your awarenesses are, what those shifts are and document them. I mean, I never thought, I mean, I could have been a poet, but I never thought I'd be a writer in self-help. I never, you know, I never thought I loved to write. It was perfect, Mm -hmm. but I never thought that that was something that I would do. I frankly had no idea what I was going to do. But when I had a target, you know, and my, my target in my early twenties, it was, who am I? Like, do I have any purpose in this world at all? And then I saw on television that this university was doing tests on the extended capacity of the human mind. I thought, oh, wow, everyone does this, don't they? Because, of course, at 21, you think everyone sees the world exactly the way you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're super special anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I called them up and I said, I can do what you're talking about. And I walked in looking like a Manson girl, you know, long blonde hair, 90 pounds, pleated skirt, little white shirt. They took one look at me and thought, oh, my God. And they started explaining what they were doing. And, you know, these were professors. And really condescending to me, a young female who you know looked like a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I just said, this is in practical intuition. I said, put a name in an envelope. And they did. I said, don't tell me what it is. I held the envelope and I gave details about two people because the guy by mistake had only put a first name and mm-hmm. it was his first name and his best friend's first name. So I actually defined two people, what they did for a living, what was coming up for them, what was wrong with their bodies. And all of a sudden I had a purpose and a, mm-hmm. the same, you know, the same, listen, most psychics live in fifth floor cat pee smelling walk-ups because having a brain that allows such a defined porosity is mm-hmm. not a plus, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't help you in the world unless you make it into a profession. Mm. You know, it, it, it is, you know, you, you don't know where you are in space and time. You feel what everybody feels. You don't, you know, you, it, it's not, it's really a damaged brain 
that because I had a goal, which was put me, where do I belong? Oh, I mean, I remember crying saying, what, I, what am I doing here? Am I just eating and, and shopping? Like, mm. what is my life here? And I got my answer and I got my, and it used my pathology as my ability. One of my favorite little posters I've made for my group is your pathology can be your potential. Mm. We're all so hard on ourselves. You know, huge billion dollar weight loss programs were made by some woman who was struggling to lose weight unsuccessfully because of, you know, their metabolism. Every gift has a vulnerability and every Mm -hmm. vulnerability has a gift. And although I'm not big on big brush self-acceptance either, because no, there's some things about ourselves that are not acceptable that we need to work on. You start with saying, this is who I am. You know, the nutty parts and the good parts and the horrible parts that I can't even, you know, look at for more than a moment. This is who I am. And now here's what I can do with it. What is the upside? I'm an anxiety type. My husband's a denial type. Mm. His denial makes me crazy because he's very effective. He can just deny anything that gets in the way. But hell, not so fun for an anxiety type who wants you to address these problems. (laughs) You know, the gift of his denial is that he is effective. He makes Uh our life run so beautifully. I'm an anxiety type. The gift of my anxiety, although he please says, please don't open your mouth before I've had a cup of coffee, is that he takes care of things that used to grow so big that Mm. they were destructive to him. My friend says, together we have one complete brain. (laughs) And so that's, you know, that's a really good example of, your vulnerability is also your superpower. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, it, you don't have to accept yourself. Anxious people also are really great intuitives and able to get lots of information once anxiety stops freezing them into inaction and reassurance. So you address the vulnerability, you address the pathology, whether you're a human being, a family, a company, or a country or a world, you address the pathology and in doing so, what you find is the superpower. So whenever you hate something about yourself, say, oh, I hate this about myself. Okay, but it's what it is. What does this also give me? And by the way, my denial type puts up with a lot of crap I, as an anxiety type, would not put up with. Mm -hmm. And that's a plus. Any of you who are married, that's always a plus. Yeah, it it is. Yes, exactly. Tell me about the, uh, I I would love to hear a little bit more about the anxiety portion, because I think that that runs really rampant with people. um, Well, with a lot of women that I talk to, like kind of like once they set that goal as well. So the goal, it sounds like having a goal helps with our quote unquote, like create was our our intuition. Yep. So having that goal, but then also the goal can make you a bit anxious, right? Like, oh, I'm not doing enough or I should do X, Y, and Z. Well, I wrote a book called Welcome to Your Crisis, and I had actually done a lot of uh, pro bono work for drug researchers and psychiatrists. And and this in this book, I called in every favor. So intuitively, I got a sense of what gets in our way and how we get destroyed or recover from crisis. But then I ran it through all of these people who are so much more brilliant than I am, less intuitive, more brilliant, to, to trouble check it. Because when someone's in crisis, you don't want to make a mistake. They, don't, they just don't have the, the wingspan. And we really have four types and they're reaction types. And you were the same way in nursery school. When we're overwhelmed or when we're undecided, some people react with anger and defensiveness. Some people act with depression. So they kind of sink and they feel they can't move forward. Some people react with denial. So they just you know pretend either they don't want it or they pretend the problems don't exist, which can come and bite you in the butt. And some people re- react my type. I'm the poster child for the anxiety type. Mm. Some people react with anxiety where they, they, they almost scatter to a point where they don't make solid active decisions. It's really important to know what type you are and what your first reaction is. Is your first reaction to to like do something else? Denial? Is it to blow up and make it worse? Anger? Is it to really feel like everything is too much? Depression? Or is it to hyper-focus on the spider vein on your leg that has nothing to do with what's going on perhaps, but (laughs) is going to take over your life if you don't get it? 
fixed. Mm. So you need to know how you react because often we create our own troubles. There was plenty of opportunity out there, but we tend to create our own troubles in the same ways over and over mm. again. Feeling, and I think I'm stealing this from AA, Dealing is feeling isn't fact. The first time I heard it was actually, I was doing a video for a little girl who'd been hit by a car in middle school at 11 and was now a quadriplegic and Elton had John, to have, sorry. Elton John, um, <laughs> had, had to have a, uh, a vent to, to breathe for her. So she had gone from this dancer, nine, 11 year old to somebody who was dependent on her environment for everything. And so I used, I was doing healing with her and intuition with her. And I met her, I think the day after the accident. And I was doing these videos to take her with me into the world. And he said to her, feeling isn't fact Mm -hmm. on the video. And it was so wonderful because he was such an icon. Feeling isn't fact. And Mm -hmm. that stuck with me. And stuck with her. By the way, she is now still a quadriplegic on a ventilator, but she is a Harvard graduate. She's writing a book. Her name is Brooke Ellison. You can Google her. She is a professor at Stony Brook University. She is a bunch of people who love her and root for her and a bunch of people she heals through everything that she does with public policy. She's a rock star, a rock star. Mm. Most people would say, oh, wow, that happened. That's it. She didn't. And, you know, childhood is wonderful because in a sense, you also have people around you. You also don't know the limitations of certain things. And there is something to be said for beginner's mind, for everything to be a possibility. I mean, the last time I was single, I was 50 years old. The statistics said, well, you're definitely not going to get married again. Uh, You know, maybe you'll have sex again and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and I met literally the man of my dreams, Mm -hmm. my Adonis, my superstar, the most amazing playwright, uh, not playwright, uh, screenwriter. Um, oh my God, I wonder if he's going to write a play. That's what intuition does. It shows yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> but, but screenwriter, journalist, you know, wonderful ex-husband, wonderful father, wonderful, like this man, a kind of man I'd never had before, mm-hmm. who was so competent in relationships, so competent in the world. And I called my friend and said, don't encourage him, not my type no deep-seated anger. He wasn't Mm. what I recognized. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I love that phrase. He wasn't what I recognized. Thank God he stuck it out. And I had a three-date rule. And thank God, because by the third date, I was... So I forget where I was going with the story. I I think I remembered. Um, ADD in action. (laughs) Where you are Mm. does not dictate where you'll end up. It just says where you are. But the ability to tolerate realism, to tolerate where you are as your starting place is the only foundation for all the miracles, manifestation in quotes, Mm. all the wonderful things. Reality is the foundation for all magic. Magic meaning, oh, wow, how did this happen? How did I go from pond slime to the most beautiful flower in the field? It doesn't matter how you did it. It just matters that you do it. Have a goal. And your goal at the moment, if you're really having a hard time, maybe just to be able to make rent. That doesn't mean that you're real, that you should let go of your big goal. Your big Mm -hmm. goal may be to have your own TV station. Whatever your big goal is, have your big goal. Because guess what? The subconscious, again, makes decisions seven seconds before our conscious mind is aware of them. Wow. What does that mean? That means that not wishing is the most dangerous thing you can do. Mm. Have a goal. So more of your subconscious is pulled up to consciousness in reference to that goal, in your dreams, in your actions, in the help you get, in the awarenesses about you. Keep that goal conscious, but it has to be a goal that you desperately want, not a have to mm. goal, because otherwise your subconscious is not on board. And I'll tell you, working against the subconscious, no win. Mm. So good. Laura, if we want to get started with this, um, with some of your books, what would be a good place to start? Which one? Or like if we did a one and two, what would that be? Well, I think if you're interested in developing intuition, Mm -hmm. practical intuition, which please, I did write that 20 odd years ago, but practical intuition proves to you that you are intuitive, that you can get data. If you want to engage intuition to create something, 
the circle and it's on audio, it's on digital. The circle is the format. It's written in very esoteric language, but I used to use it with mergers and acquisitions. Mm. I mean, it's a really wonderful book about how do I put myself together in a new way, myself together in the world in a new way, and how do I create? But also on, on lauraday.com, can mm. I spell that? L-A-U-R-A-D-A-Y. Mm-hmm. Com. There's so many free resources available. And on YouTube, you can find your crisis type. You can exchange readings because sometimes, mm. you know, I find that telling people about intuition doesn't work. But when you get them to get verifiable data about someone else that they couldn't possibly have known, when they experience that, then all of a sudden the subconscious is on board. Mm. And that's on your website. Yes. Um, okay. It's on Instagram. We exchange readings, Twitter, oh, cool. all my articles and podcasts. Um, Amazing. What's your like handle on Instagram? Laura Day Intuit. Okay. And same with Twitter and it's Laura Day Circle on YouTube and on Facebook. And I answer my emails personally. So please like one line, make them short, but I answer them because I'm very, I'm interested in people developing intuition, because I think it is a superpower. It will tell you with what you have, how to get what you want. And it's the only thing that does that. Oh man. I think we're all um, hooked and ready, ready for the next step. I know I am right now. I'm just like, huh, I would love to have that information right now. Um, just to, to feel more clear. And like you said, sometimes when we get that um, data, it's just like, oh, well, I'd love to learn more and, and engage it more, you know, especially when we know that this is such a huge um, superpower that we all have access to. So is there anything that you want people to know that you didn't yet talk about? I'm sure there's a million yes. things. But is there anything you want to leave um, people with? Yes. Have a goal. Don't use creative visualization once you have it. Allow the experience. Don't look for it. You're going to look mm. in an old way and you're going to get old information. Allow the experience as you're walking around, as you're brushing your teeth, as you're waxing your legs. Allow the experience of that goal as if it had happened. Just allow it with the same five senses you experience life with. Also, Mm. use your sleep productively. Mm. Working on something before sleep, write it down, whether it's something in the outer world or something on your inner world. And then forget your dreams because dreams are a mishmash of so many things. Notice when you wake up, where does your attention go? Who do you feel like? What age are you? What do you want? What are you afraid of? And then shift out of it. And each type has a way to shift their little audio experiences on my website about that. But shift out of it because you don't want your day colored by the work that you've done in your sleep. Hmm. Also, know that this moment is the moment that you create the next moment. So if you go to a psychic, it's all about how you can change something. And if you walk out of there thinking, wow, that psychic was great. They didn't do a good reading. If you walk out of there feeling empowered to create your own life, they did a great job. Oh, that is good. All right. I love that. Okay, Laura, I'm so grateful for you. And um, again, if you just want to shout out your handles and your website one more time. Okay. Uh, L-A-U-R-A-D-A-Y dot com is my website. All the handles are on there, but Instagram at Laura Day Intuit. Uh, YouTube at Laura Day Circle has lots of free lessons. I go on live all the time to ask questions on Instagram. Twitter, which is Laura Day Intuit, has all of, you know, wonderful podcasts with people and articles that I've written. And I always write as a teacher because Mm. I I think life really is hard. Let's help ourselves. Let's help each other. Because then when when we are effective and efficient, with our energy, then all of a sudden the hard part becomes manageable and we can experience the good part. Yay. So amazing. You guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, the biggest gift that you can give Laura is to give her a shout out, go check out her stuff, let her know when you tag her. So upload this particular podcast, give her a tag and let her know what your biggest takeaway was if you had an aha moment, if she bridged a gap for you, if you really got something big out of this. Um, Cause it's always so much fun to see who is actually listening and see the That's impact so that was made. Nice. <laughs> ask for that. That's so lovely. Thank you. That's it's so, so fun. It's so fun. All right, you guys until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. 
Do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, 
They don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori.